Today's Bible study is titled Survival. We're in the second last program of our outreach program to our community. And many people as we have gone through this program, and I know because I've spoken to you, have made decisions to follow Jesus Christ. And in a dark world, and it is a dark world that we live in, there is no better decision a person can make than to decide to follow Jesus And when people make decisions to follow Jesus, and I've seen this happen many times, Jesus takes them up onto the mountain. And it's a good place to be up on the mountain with Jesus Christ. But many Christians expect when they make a decision to follow Jesus that everything will be okay. Well, we know from the experience of some of our brothers and sisters this week that everything is not okay. When you make a decision to follow Jesus. In fact, in my experience, it seems that when people make decisions to follow Jesus Christ, that the devil comes in and he attacks them and they can go through some of the most miserable times in their lives. And that's why I've entitled today's program, today's Bible study, Survival. If we make a decision to follow Jesus then how is it that we are going to survive? How are we going to survive the temptations? How are we going to survive the confrontations that we will have with the devil himself? And it's a good question because I remember when we ran a youth crusade in Auckland, New Zealand. I was one of the youth directors there. And we baptised 168 people, praise God. They're on the mountaintop. I went after them after 12 months because they were in different churches all around Auckland to find out what had happened to this 168 people who had found Jesus Christ in a program like this. And I was shocked and I was horrified and I was saddened when I went after these young people to find that of these 168 young people who gave their lives to Jesus, who were baptised as a testimony of their love for their new master, of that 168 people, only a few were left. Following Jesus Christ. Something had happened in the interim that had destroyed their walk with the Lord. And I think there's nothing sadder in this life than making a decision for Jesus, having the joy of Jesus come into your heart, experiencing the peace that Jesus, only Jesus can give, and then somehow losing that experience and wandering away from the Lord. Survival. How do we survive? I want to tell you this morning that nothing, nothing, nothing threatens our survival more than temptation and sin. We give our hearts to Jesus Christ. It feels good. It is good. But I want to tell you that it is temptation and sin that Satan then attacks us with. A lot of people say to me, there's no God. Well, if there's no God, how can I, how can you face temptation, sin and win. And I want to tell you this morning, I know there is a God for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons I know there is a God, because when the devil comes to me and tempts me, I have the weapons through God to fight him and defeat him. Drug addicts usually can't give up drugs by themselves. They need help. Sinners 
cannot usually give up sin by themselves. They need help. You are a sinner. I am a sinner. We need help. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about this morning for a few short minutes. And like hungry wolves surrounding us in the darkness, sin waits to consume and destroy us. I believe in the human being that sin creates restlessness of, of the soul. Sin, I believe sin ages us. It causes us really to go through the process of aging, I believe, a lot more quickly than, than perhaps is needed. It destroys us. Sin, temptation, it destroys us from the inside out. And it will lead you to an eternal grave. Sin is the most destructive agent in the human experience. And so if you are going to make a decision to follow Jesus, you need to know how to deal with sin and temptation. And I'm not talking about sin and temptation that you can beat by yourself real easily. I'm talking about deep-seated sin. I'm talking about addictive sin. I'm talking about temptation you cannot, cannot resist. Temptation you cannot save yourself from. And if you were to look at your life this morning, most of you would acknowledge that in your life you have temptation... You have some sin that you are not dealing with, that you cannot conquer, that you cannot beat. And this morning, that's what I want to talk about for a few moments. I want to show you, you walk out of this church, you will know how to defeat sin, you'll know how to beat Satan, it'll be you who'll make the choice on whether you want to do it or not. Those 168 young people, only a handful left, you know what the problem was? It wasn't Jesus. They didn't know how to fight. They didn't know how to fight the devil when he confronted them. They didn't know how to fight the temptation. And so when the devil came and the temptations were heaped upon them and he dragged them into the darkness, they, they went down with him because they did not know how to fight. This morning, for a few moments, I'm going to show you how to fight. So let's look at sin for a moment and see what it does. It's breaking God's law. It separates us from God. It causes God to hide his face from us. It kills us. It shames us. It disgraces us. And it makes us feel guilty. I want to tell you, it's the worst thing that the human race has to bear. So how do we survive? Well, before I tell you that, and it doesn't take long, the story does get a little worse for Christians. Because Jesus expects something of us. If you make a decision to follow Jesus... He expects you to overcome. And you know what? We are not overcomers. Many of us do not overcome the immorality of our minds, the unfaithfulness to God. We struggle to overcome perhaps smoking or drinking or some of these hidden sins that we have in our lives. And Jesus says, hey, if you're going to follow me, you've got to be an overcomer. And I know this is going to grate against some of you this morning. But it's what Jesus says, hey, if you want peace, if you want me in your heart, Jesus says you've got to be an overcomer. This preacher, as he stands up the front, the great weakness I have in my life is I am not overcoming in Christ enough. You need to be an overcomer. If you're on your way to heaven, you've got to be an overcomer. First John 5, 4, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. Revelation 2, 7, to him who overcomes, I will give a right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Revelation chapter 3 verse 5, it goes on, he who overcomes. Revelation chapter 3 verse 21, to him who overcomes, I'll give a right to sit with me on my throne. Revelation 21 verse 7, it's right through the Bible. He who overcomes will inherit all this and I'll be his God and he will be my son. So how do we overcome? Well, we try a number of ways. There's willpower. 
You know, if you've got sin that's deep-seated, willpower will not do it. You know how I know? Because I've tried it. I'm a very stubborn person. I have a very strong will. But if you have a deep sin, it's a mountain, it's a monster in your life that you've been feeding, you will not. You may think you will, but you will not overcome it through willpower. There's prayer. And I've got to be careful what I say here. But I know I'm talking to many of you who have tried prayer. You have prayed about your sins. You have prayed about these addictions you have got. And it did not help. Am I right? Am I right? I wonder how many of you would be willing to be brave enough to say, yes, I've prayed to overcome something and it didn't help. Willpower, meditation, prayer, failure. It's a very serious thing. And I think more people leave Christ because of failure in overcoming than just about any other reason. They think if I can't overcome, then God probably doesn't exist. And why should I serve him if he's not helping me and he's help- and, and, and they give up. So how do I win in my fight against temptation? Now I'm going to bring this home. And if you haven't been listening, listen now. Because this is the crux of what I'm trying to say this morning. Number one. If you want to overcome deep temptation in your life, deep sin, you know sometimes when you preach a sermon, God convicts you that the sermon's for you as much as it's for the people. I was quite convicted of my own life when I was preparing this. Number one, go to Jesus. If you're in trouble, if you've got sin, if you've got monsters in your life that you cannot control, go to Jesus. Let us therefore, Hebrews 4.16, Come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And you know what? There's a lot of you out there who are in a time of need. You need to go to Jesus. It's as simple as getting on your knees and beginning to talk. Go to Jesus. Number two, John 16, verse 8. When he comes, the Holy Spirit, God, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin. Allow God to convict you of sin. Sometimes we have sin in our lives, we don't even realize it. And when you go to Jesus, number one, one of the things you need to pray is, Lord, convict me, tell me what I've got in my life that you don't want in it. Oh, you want to know God exists? Just pray that prayer. He'll be telling you real quick. God will convict you. I know that for a fact. I've seen it in my own experience. You ask God to do it, he'll do it. He will tell you what is in your life that he doesn't want. Allow God to convict you. Number three, acknowledge your sin. I worked with a young man some time ago. One of the great difficulties he had, he'd fallen into sin, he'd fallen away from Christ, is he could not bring himself to acknowledge it. I don't know why, but there is a power when you are coming out of sin, when you are fighting a monster you can't control, there is a power in acknowledging your sin. Then I, verse Psalm 32, verse 5, David, he knows what it was to be a sinner. And he knows what it's like to destroy monsters, to destroy mountains in his life. Then I acknowledge my sin to you. 
and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my sin to the Lord and you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Acknowledge it to God. Tell him you've got this problem. He knows it. He sees you participating in the sin. He knows what's going on. Acknowledge it to him. You don't lose anything. It unburdens the soul to acknowledge that you've got a problem to God. Number four, cry, ask, plead for help. Psalm 109 verse 26, same author, David, he says, Help me, O Lord my God, O save me according to thy mercy. Plead for help on your knees. Go to Jesus on your knees. Acknowledge your sin. And then, number five, fight. Praise be to the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war. We have a generation of people in this world, and, and, and it's unfortunate in the church, who do not no longer know how to fight. Do these things. Go to the Lord. Acknowledge your sin. Ask him to convict you. Plead for help. And then for goodness sake, fight. Don't stop there. Fight. And some of you will say, well, how do I fight? Well, here it is. Here's a secret. I've tried everything. By the way, I've shared this in this church before. If you've heard it before, you praise God. If you're not doing it, then you need to revisit this anyway. I've tried everything to defeat the devil in my life. I walked a long time without the Lord. I know what it's like to have sin that's deep inside. The, the mountain's so high, the monster's so big I can't control it. I, I've been trying to follow God. I know what it's like from my experience. I've been trying to follow God. I've been into Bible study. I've been into prayer. And I've still been being defeated. I'm going, what's going on? I'm doing my Bible study. I'm doing my prayer. These things are in my life. I can't get rid of them. And then I found this passage. Until the day I die, I'll preach this passage. Every person I do a Bible study with, I'll study this with. Very quickly. This is it. It is simple. You walk out of here today, you know how to fight. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Matthew 4 verse 1. Jesus did not go to the desert for fun. He went there to show you how to fight. It is one of the few places in the Bible where you're actually shown how to fight the devil and you're shown by Jesus himself. Verse 2, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Jesus is strong. He's powerful. He's a ruler of the universe. When Satan attacks you, he attacks you in your weaknesses while you're down, while you're struggling in darkness. Jesus knows it. And so he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. This great king, this mighty warrior, the Messiah, the great God of heaven, fasts for 40 days, 40 nights in his human body to make himself so weak that he's on the verge of death. He's weak. Just like you are and just like I am when the devil comes to us. He's weak. And so now the war begins, the battle between Satan and Jesus. And Jesus is saying in this passage, look at me. Jesus is saying, look at me. Look how I defeated the devil. You can do it too. Follow in my footsteps. Fight how I fight. Overcome like I overcome. And you will have victory. And this is what we're sharing now as we close this service, is the only sure way I've ever been able to beat the devil. Every other way I've, I've tried, including Bible study and prayer, has not worked. I'll work a little bit, give me a little relief, but eventually I'll go back to that sin, I'll fall into it like a dog going back to its vomit. This works, and you decide whether you're going to fight or not today, as you see how simple this is. Verse 2, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he's hungry. Verse 3, the tempter came to him and said, where's he going to attack him in his weakness? If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. People say, well, what's wrong with that? Jesus could make stones into bread. What's the sin there? Well, Jesus is there to show you how to defeat the devil. You can't turn stones into bread. 
If he turned stones into bread to feed his weakness, the devil would have said, there you go, you're using your divine power to defeat your weaknesses. And they've got no divine power. They can't do it. You are leading them down the wrong road. So he couldn't turn the stones into bread. So what does he do? Here's a secret. It's so simple. When I discovered this, it was like the light being turned on in the darkness of my room. It is so simple. Jesus answered. It is written. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is written. Second temptation. Jesus answered Satan again. It is also written. Third temptation. Jesus answered Satan again. Away from me, Satan, for it is written. That's how you fight. You use the Bible. What on earth are you talking about, Lloyd? Well, look what Jesus did. He quoted scripture to the devil. He threw the words of God back at the devil. And when the words of God are being used in the same room as the devil, and I know this from my own experience too, the devil can't stay. What do I mean? I use these things and I've shared this in this church and I'm sharing with, with you again. And if the Lord leaves me here, I'll keep sharing it. Power text. And here's some power text I've used in just the last couple of weeks. Every time I'm in the Bible, I'm looking for power text. I read the Bible for two things. One, to find Jesus Christ. That's the foremost reason I read the Bible. By the way, I get power when I'm in the Bible just by being with Jesus to defeat Satan. It seems like the temptations can't be quite as fierce, quite as, quite as strong when, you, when you've got Jesus and you're spending time with him in the Bible, but you've still got to fight. And as I'm in the Bible, I'm looking for power texts. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. Jesus, you are my stronghold. When the devil's on you, he's in your head, he's in your heart, and the temptation's so intense that you just want to commit it to, 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 to get the temptation and the devil away from you, then you quote the words of Scripture in prayer to God and the devil hears it. The temptation's on me and I pray, the Lord my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all, especially this devil who's pursuing me and a miracle happens. It's the most wonderful thing. It's proof that God exists. This is not a, a trick of the mind. It, 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 it's the power of God coming into your life. Praise God. It's wonderful. You're under intense temptation. Everything in your being, your physical being is crying out to do the temptation. You love it, you enjoy it, and you croak out as a weak and feeble warrior that you are. Oh, heal me, O oh Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, and, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. Help me, Lord. Oh, man. The Holy Spirit, God himself, walks in the room and the devil cannot stay. And he is forced to flee. And I've experienced this time after time in my life. The temptation fades instantly. No matter how powerful it is. I'm talking about on the ground practical Christianity and I know we're out of time. But no matter how powerful the temptation is, you pray these types of prayer. You claim these scriptures. You go looking for them in your Bible study. You write them down. You put them on cards in your pocket if you can't remember them. And when the devil comes, you get the Lord. He will tap you on the shoulder. He'll say he's here and you pull the card out. And if you've got it, you read it. 
and you pray it with passion and you're crying out to the Lord for help using words from Scripture, the devil can't stay. You can. You can be an overcomer. Do you hear me today? Can you hear me? You don't have to carry on being defeated by the devil time after time after time. And every time you get a victory over the devil, you know what happens? You starve that monster and he gets just a little weaker. And each time you have a victory, he gets weaker and weaker until through the power of Christ, quoting scripture in prayer, you have destroyed that monster in your life. You are an overcomer. You are one of the few who walk this planet, who can hold your head high and say through Christ and his strength, following in his footsteps, praise God, I've been an overcomer. Is that your experience this morning? It's what it means in James chapter 4 verse 7 when it says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. You can't resist the devil through willpower. You won't do it through meditation. You might even struggle to do it through prayer if you don't follow in the footsteps of Jesus. He went into the desert for a reason. And as I show you how to be an overcomer. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I know we're in a battle. We've only got one program in this series to go. And I know the wolves, the hounds of hell, have encircled us. And I know that so many of us are struggling to fight and to win. But the Lord Jesus Christ, he's calling you this morning. And he wants you to be an overcomer. He wants to come into your life. He wants to love you. These are not cliches. He wants you to have peace. And this morning, you know, God, God's not even calling you to be a Christian or a Seventh-day Adventist. He's just saying, hey, I want to come into your heart. I want to give you peace. And I want to give you a chance. And that's what this series is about. It's about human survival. It's about your survival. And God brought you to this church this morning for a reason. One, to know how to fight. And two, to give yourself a chance. You know what I, what I shared with you today? It's a real deal. It's the only way I've been able to defeat sin. But Jesus is saying, hey, you don't have to believe in me. You don't even have to believe I exist. But why don't you? And what is wrong with the world? What is wrong with us that we're not even prepared to try it? We'll try everything else. We'll go and we'll get hypnotized to give up smoking. We'll go and we'll visit a palm reader in, in a shopping center to find out our future. What is it in the human psyche that rebels against giving Jesus a try? Could it be that the devil himself knows that Jesus is the real deal, that he is the only way out? And every time that a human being is confronted by Jesus, the devil steps in and interferes. He makes a hard heart. He makes a heart hard. He tries to get us to take a step back. He tries to make this Jesus thing in our heads seem foolish. Look, your heart might be hard this morning. Fine. You might think, what I'm saying this morning is a whole heap of nonsense. That's okay. You're, you're entitled to your opinion. But I'm challenging you. If Jesus is dead, and if what I'm saying is nonsense, then what have you got to lose 
by trying what we have, what we have encouraged you to do in this series. Get on your knees. Quote the scripture. Use the power text. See what happens for yourself. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not difficult. It's not difficult to try what I've shared with you this morning. Taste and see. Taste and see that Jesus, that Jesus is very, very good, is very, very good indeed.